You're listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm TH. (laughs) Call me up. (laughs) That's a good time. I'm P. (laughs) Are you going to do it? Uh, I'm PW. There we go. The reason we're doing initials today is because of our guest, RB, from Gallup and Lafitte. They're based in South Carolina. And uh, RB is joining us today on the podcast to share about their business, the processes they've been going through, um, some things that make them unique. We've got lots of great topics of discussion today. So let's bring RB on the line uh, where he's joining us via FaceTime. So RB, thank you so much for joining us today on The Building Code. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you. And uh, again, let's start off just first off. Uh, let's talk about, we, you know, we typically ask like, backgrounds of company names. So Gallup and Lafitte, uh, it's family business, your RB Gallup. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, my family, uh, my parents started the company in 1995 uh, and referred to it as Gallup and Gallup then. It was my uh, mom and my dad. And my dad was a residential plan designer and my mom was an interior designer. And they saw a need coming from before previously they were uh, real estate brokers and they saw a real disconnect between um, clients and the custom building process Um, builders were not very customer friendly and uh, they didn't make the process seamless you know um, there was a big disconnect on having house plans designed and then going out and creating those houses and it often wasn't a smooth fun process along the way so they came up with the uh, design-build model for their company and started in '95. Since then, it's um, kind of taken off, and uh, we've we've done well. And uh, in 2010, I became a builder and came on board. And around the same time, Robert Lafitte did as well. And so we became Gallup and Lafitte. Uh, about 2013, we moved from Gallup and Gallup to Gallup and Lafitte, and. Uh, I'm a part owner with Robert Lafitte and my father. So we're all uh, three owners and we work together. My father still designs our plans. Uh, My mother's retired now, but we have two interior designers who work with us. And our whole process is to provide a seamless uh, process from plan design through construction and interior design as well. So um, the client has an organized and hopefully positive experience instead of being frazzled by the million choices they have to make. Yeah, a lot, a lot of home, a lot of options there in the home building process. So glad to hear that you got a good system in place for that. Let's talk a little bit more of your background specifically, because I know that we, we chatted a couple of weeks ago on Instagram Live, but to share with all of our listeners here, you were the youngest home builder ever to receive the designation of Certified Master Builder in the state of South Carolina. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, talk about, like, putting the bar really high for yourself. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's that. I think I have a, I mean, I know I have a chip on my shoulder coming into this business as a very young builder and um, someone whose parents have been successful. I didn't want to uh, drop the ball or appear that um, I was just taking it for granted. So I've always uh, had that prove it mentality to go out and try to uh, make a name for myself as well. So I took. I thought it was very important to get some education and credentials um, on the front end, and and I try to do that um, with stuff like going to Builder Trend and um, education along the way. You know, trying to always improve our process and 
not be satisfied with the status quo. Um, and it might be a result of my chip on my shoulder, but it's a, it's advantageous for our business, I think. Absolutely. I'm very intrigued by, you know, that idea of you coming in and being really young. Um, what are some of the challenges when, when you're like young in this business and your parents own it? Uh, is that just sort of interactions with the subs and trades or just really everybody? Yeah, I would say, um, it's just, you know, building is, you could go to school for construction science. Uh, I did not. You could go to school for construction science and many things, but you really don't learn until you're out in the field doing it. And uh, I, I just think it was just time in the saddle, just working, uh, building houses. And I told my wife I got comfortable being a project manager around three years in. And then when we hit about five years, I felt just confident. You know, I felt really good. And it's just about time and just hard work and uh, trying to stay consistent with it. You know, um, you get in and you it's hard to tell people they're doing something wrong or they need to correct something if you're the young buck who just started. And it just takes time and you have to um, build relationships and try to build up confidence in your um, subcontractors and vendors that work with you. Yeah, definitely. One of those things that definitely takes time is your processes, right? So obviously... Coming into an established business, there's already processes put in place. You obviously joined, so there's already kind of some expectations there. Tell us about your process. What did it look like before you came on? And then, you know, after implementing technology, you mentioned obviously you're a user builder trend. What did that look like post that process? Yeah, I think it was about the time we started Gallup and Lafitte. I want to say that was in 2013 um, when, when Robert... Uh, Myself and my father actually formed a partnership and, and changed the company to Gallup and Lafitte. Um, we decided we had a lot of projects. We looked at what we did um, during a planning session and we said, that is just a, a ton of work. I think we were drawing income off of 30 projects that year, which was, was realistically too high. It was too high at the time, but we saw, you know, this could get out of control really quickly if we're not organized. So we uh, went to build a trend then, and I think that was, you know, probably about six years ago since we started. And before then, it was it was loosely the same practice. You know, we practice open book accounting. We share schedules with our clients. We did all of those things, but it was very one-on-one. -on -one. And it's, uh, it works if you're building five projects or so, maybe at max. But um, now we run about 12 to 15 projects at a time. And it allows us to organize our team and our employees and kind of have a 30,000 foot view on it. And then also, um, really the big thing is proactive communication with our clients. When I, it really irritated me when I first started, um, that we would be running the schedules, the projects would be going well, and I'm just getting constant phone calls. What's going on at the house? All uh, the clients were always asking what's happening. What's this? And it dawned on me that they really weren't, um, trying to aggravate us or say we're doing a bad job they just didn't know so now with builder trend we can give them our schedules keep those updated and the big thing is the daily logs we hit them with a daily log you know i would say at least three times a week and our clients love it so a lot of them are out of town um, but even if they're not they look at the pictures and they see the progress and we tell them you know what's happened what's coming up, and kind of any notes or roadblocks we need to address. We try to hit all those with the little updates. And uh, 
it's just very proactive. No one ever wonders what's going on next. They're just excited about seeing the stuff go in and, and following along. That's great. Um, real quick, just about that process of the daily logs, because I know something came up earlier today in a conversation with another client about daily logs. How did you get to that cadence? You said you're doing them like three times a week, I think you said. Yeah, and I, I hate to um, say it exactly three times a week, but it's uh, it's multiple times a week, you know, and we try to update them at least weekly, you know, so we're not going to do one every day for every single project, but we're going to keep them updated uh, multiple times a week. And, and our project managers are rotating. They work on about four to five jobs at a time and uh, they're updating them as they're there. And uh, it's really helped us in a lot of cases catch stuff. Uh, The client might go, Oh, uh, I see you're getting ready to do tile. I'm changing my uh, herringbone pattern in the shower to a, a different um, different style or whatnot really helps them um, kind of understand what's coming up and it's helped us catch a few things that we might not have seen because um, it's given us that kind of checks and balance. Sure thing. When you were going through the sales process and you had you were unique in that you had just started a new, sort of a new part of your company, so you're taking fresh eyes at everything. Were all three of the owners involved? In, this, in the sales process of evaluating Builder Trend, did you bring any other key stakeholders in during that process? Well, I kind of, uh, I was the champion of, um, of interviewing the, uh, there was about three partners at the, or three programs we looked at at the time, including Builder Trend. And I definitely have the best handle on technology and they know that. Um, but I really had to uh, push to get buy-in from the other two partners and my dad is actually extremely progressive he's always been trying to um you know push the company forward and he was one of the first people to draw plans on the computer in 95 you know in south carolina that wasn't a big thing um so i I got that progressiveness from him and then robert lafitte is a, a a custom builder he's been a builder for 25 plus years and built some amazing projects but he's a little more old school so i think Took a lot to get buy-in there. Um, it was difficult when it was us three working, but when we started hiring uh, project managers, and now there's three project managers and two interior designers and a um, bookkeeper who works with us, it, it all kind of fell in place. And we presented it, and we've got uh, a lot better participation, and that's our system. You know, Without it, uh, we wouldn't be able to organize the whole team so it helped us scale tremendously. I don't know how we would have scaled our company up without a tool that we can kind of uh, manage the team with. Let's talk about your projects a little bit. Kind of what do you have going on right now in the in the process? Like where are you at in the build process on a couple projects? What are you looking forward to? How are you handling? I know one part that's near and dear to your heart, also to my friend PW here, is the sales process. So uh, I know Paul's ears definitely perked up there when I mentioned the sales process. So let's talk about your current projects and kind of your pipeline going into those. Right. So design build has really helped us keep our pipeline. That's an excellent way to, you know, think about it. Um, the average builder has, uh, has to quote plans. People come to them with plans. Um, they have to bid against other builders and that's the project. We sit down with the client, the first meeting and establish a, Budget. Now, this is a ballpark budget. We say we're going to be within maybe $100,000 of this price. 
And that's what we're going to design to. And we agree that it's realistic and we're shooting towards a common goal. From there, we ask for a uh, simple deposit. So we ask for a little skin in the game and it allows us to schedule our design starts. We start a design. We do about one or two designs at a time. And uh, we, we usually stay about 30 to 45 days out on starting a new design. So we're working on a design. That takes us approximately 45 days. Out of that, we have a contract. And then we're already scheduling the start of the construction. So we're really able to plan two to three months out when we're going to start the house. So we're able to project, um, I think, farther ahead than most because we have this design deposit and a small waiting list that allows us to say, okay, well, we're designing this house now. It'll be built next month, and we have this deposit that, that will start the design next month and so forth. So it really allows us to kind of keep our pipeline moving, and we can tell quickly if we need to uh, – you know, change things up or whatnot to generate some more sales. So speaking of sales, I know one part of that obviously is marketing, getting your name out there. Uh, we know you got a website and we'll definitely put it in the show notes here because you have partnered with Builder Trend and our web services team to work on your website. And I think you've got the new website launching here soon. So I'd like to ask you really quick, kind of what led you to the process of, you know, saying, hey, we need to update the website. That's the first question. Second question is, why did you choose Builder Trend for that process and what's it been like? You know, the, I think everyone says the minute a website is created, it's out of date. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's true. And we were working with a firm that was um, local before. And I feel like they weren't just not up, up to snuff on some of the technology um, that's commonly used for, for basic websites these days. And uh, we're, we've kind of pivoted to where a website doesn't have to do too much for us. It's a portfolio that shows off our pictures and it needs to look good and kind of show our work. It's a landing page that kind of reinforces our signs, our social media and our referrals. And so, you know, once we kind of demystified it and said, it's not this big crazy thing we have to seek the ultimate design on. Um, and I, at the same time, I found out Builder Trend created websites well, I knew y'all have a firm grasp on um, technology and your customer service is, is great. So I figured why couldn't they handle our website as well? And it's been a good process. Um, it's, uh, it's been very simple, straightforward. And, uh, and you know, I, I think uh, it's been a pleasure working with the team there. That's great to hear. You had mentioned, you know, I just want to give the, the audience a little bit idea about your price range and like what part of South Carolina, because you had mentioned you had some, some uh, maybe second homes? So well, we're starting to see more second homes. Um, we're in the middle of South Carolina. So Columbia is the capital and we build a lot of our houses on the lake just outside of Columbia. It's on Lake Murray. A lot of people are attracted to South Carolina. They see the Charleston area and the, the coast. Let's just call it the coast. And then they see the upstate, um, and some beautiful mountain areas. Both of those places come with a certain cost and a uh, cost of living. And we are kind of right in the sweet spot in between and um, literally geographically too. So um, people who visit the two areas looking for a nice place to vacation or a lot of times retire end up landing on Lake Murray because it's just a beautiful, um, big, clean water lake. It's warm water. Um, 
you know, it's very well taken care of. And your dollar goes a little bit further here. Uh, most of the range of homes we build in would be in the half million to $1.5 million range just for the house. Um, and the lot costs are really going up. So it's, it's a, you know, in some ways it's harder for people to build on the lake because of the higher property taxes. But we're getting to do a lot cooler projects uh, every year because you're not going to buy a $300,000, $400,000 lot and put a $300,000, $400,000 house on it. You're going to you know, make sure your property value is reflective of where you are. I just wanted to tie that into your sales process. Does that tweak it a little bit, having to maybe even do your first phone call over the phone or through a Zoom these days because they're not maybe right in your local area to come in for that first meeting? Yeah, uh, we had one of those, uh, I think maybe one or two Zoom uh, sales meetings over this uh, COVID period. I think a lot of it is word of mouth. In this area, people end up kind of checking out the local, maybe the golf courses. Uh, my father actually lives in one of the local golf courses, and everyone knows him there. So if, they, if anyone steps foot there, that seems to be a, a good end for us. So if they see, and then they see our signs, you know, just putting good signage up on these lake houses and we put big signs up on the lake. So tasteful, nice signs with our logo on the lake and, uh, people are boating by these beautiful houses. That's all they do all day is drive by them and say, Oh, I like that one. I like this mm-hmm. one. And, uh, just having your image out there and then maybe they check out the website and give us a call. But if they can call us, the design part really helps because we can walk the lot with them. And kind of, uh, you know, meet the real estate agent, meet them, whoever's involved, and be the guy who kind of can help give them some answers on the area. And and that's been a real good foot in the door with out-of-town clients because they're here and they don't know anything about the area. They don't know what's involved in building on the lake. And um, there are a lot of requirements to, to keep in mind. You mentioned trying to be proactive with your communication with the clients. You're doing that through daily logs, but it sounds like you're starting that from the very beginning of the process too. Could you go into more detail about, you know, how did you, how did you come up with the process? And can you walk us through a little bit more of the steps of what that looks like in order to make sure you're ensuring that you're delivering a great customer experience? Yeah. And I think that's a challenge you're always trying to refine. You know, I think we're always trying to improve our process and our customer experience. Um, I heard something on a uh, another podcast the other day that the more houses you build, the longer your tail gets, and you don't want you don't want to be tripping over your tail. Sure. And uh, it's so true, you know. So you got to finish strong, um, and that's a big big item. And you've got to be responsive. And um, it starts with the first call. You know, um, you try to. Uh, qualify the people online and see if you're a good fit. You set up a meeting, you give them a next step, say the next step is you're giving us a deposit and we're going to schedule your start on design. And then when we start the design, we have a three-step process on the plans where we're not designing a beautiful house and then redoing it all at the end. You know, it's like a building block system. And then uh, it starts from the contract. We roll them into Builder Trend and immediately start communicating with them in uh, messaging. So we get them trained that your project messaging is going to come through Builder Trend, and it, we tell them it helps us keep organized where all of our emails are not scattered throughout. They're organized by project. And then on the back end, we can see what our PMs are doing and, and quickly 
um, kind of run to a problem if we have something that we all need to huddle up on and help them with. Um, so it gives us a more unified experience, which I think is important. A lot of people are maybe even starting with the marketing. They're seeing, I'm doing a lot of Instagram stories and they're seeing those. So they're somewhat feeling maybe a personal connection. They've seen the stories. They've met me. They met Robert, whoever is involved. And then, you know, they don't want to then be rushed through a factory. They want to have that personal connection along the way. And, uh, kind of have to be that chauffeur and, and take them through the process. That's awesome. And just a quick plug for your Instagram. If people want to follow you on Instagram, they should follow. It's just at and then Gallup and Lafitte, correct? That, that's it. At okay. Gallup and Lafitte. And we'll yeah. post that in the show notes too. So that way, if you're driving somewhere, don't try to type that in. Just wait, go click on the link. Uh, you can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes and that way you can link right to their Instagram. Yeah, everybody wants to know how to pronounce Robert's last name and said, who is, who is this Frenchman? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but um, you search Gallup and it should pop right up. So. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I love that you're working on that proactive communication and, and offering your clients a personal connection with your business. I think that definitely must set you apart down there with the other builders around in your area. So, And some great tips for our listeners to make sure that they're implementing that in their process as well. Yeah, I think the next thing I'd like to implement more to, you know, you hit on the customer experience, and I think that's you've always got to be watching that and, and improving it and um, trying to do that by having increased systems and better organization, but I uh, also want to get more client feedback. And in the past, that's been informal, and I've taken some clients out to lunch, and we've discussed it and kind of picked their brains. But uh, I think we're going to start trying to do more of these surveys, and Builder Trend actually has a template. Um, Builder Trend is more, we don't use all the functions, and I hear that from a lot of people, but it, it, you can kind of grow into them. And uh, the surveys would be one that, uh, you know, it might be tough to put yourself out there and want to know honest feedback on things, but that's how you improve, and, and I think it's the next step. It totally goes back to expectations, you know, and I think if you're communicating those as well as you are up front, that your process for the communication part of it and saying that, you know, hey, we use Builder Trend to communicate, we use Builder Trend's messages, uh, and so that's how you're going to have all project communication come through there and setting that expectation for the client. That way they understand, oh, this is how this relationship works. I think if you have that and then have that touch point of sending out a survey, you know, before the project gets started, Hey, how was the uh, the starting process with you? A couple, like five questions. You know, what'd you think about working with RB? You know, what'd you think about our design process? And getting that feedback back from your clients is crucial to make sure that you're keeping a good temperature on the relationship, right? Because you don't want to get to that point in the relationship where all of a sudden they're upset or you're upset and you have no idea how you got there. Using the surveys for that feedback is crucial. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we've, if you've been in this business long enough, I always I tell some of the younger guys, um, RPMs, I said, don't take anyone's kindness for granted. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, it, it could be very easy to think that a, a client who's happy along the way, always nice, ready to see you, you know, there's nothing wrong there. But you have to, you got to bring your gay game every time because you don't want to lose them at the end and you want to keep them happy. And it's, I think any any business, you know, customer facing's got to got to be focused on that. 
Absolutely. Well, RB, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and just sharing your experience. We loved hearing about your process, like I said, with delivering an exceptional customer experience. And, you know, I think you guys are doing a great job with that. If you're listening to this podcast, again, don't forget to follow them on social media. Don't forget to go check out their new website. Uh, appreciate, again, your time coming on the podcast and sharing your experience. Yeah, thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks, RB. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.